Pastor Chris's podcast. Halloween is just around the corner, and it's a holiday with many monsters and frightening characters. And we'll have scary movies on the television, and some of those maybe you enjoy, maybe some of you don't enjoy them so much. It's not meant to glorify and celebrate fear and evil. Halloween is a chance for us to have a little fun with our fears. By making light of our fears and the monsters who scare us, it is a way for us to cope with our real fears. If we can laugh at them a little bit, it sort of lightens the load. When a scary monster jumps out on the movie screen and the popcorn goes flying through the air, we all scream, but then we let out a sigh of relief and we laugh. We realize, you got me. It's not real though. We, we, we feel the endorphins running through our blood system and our bodies kind of relax and we laugh because it's entertainment. We know that the monster isn't real and subconsciously we're happy that the monsters aren't real and we don't really have to be afraid. But there are real fears in life. What are you afraid of? Did you make your list last week? Did you think about it? Did you think about when you first noticed your fear and what caused it? And did you think about what your fear is keeping you from doing that you might ought to do? Today, we're going to look into that and we're going to see that fear is an opportunity. The apostle James wrote in the New Testament to encourage a small group of Christians who were living in a scary, hostile world where they faced ridicule and persecution, where they faced arrest, exile, and even death simply because they believed that Jesus was the Son of God who rose from the grave. Listen to what James wrote, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Fear is an opportunity, James says, because fear tests your faith. When God asks you to do something, it can often be scary. It's scary maybe because it challenges us to step outside of our comfort zone and to do something that is beyond our natural ability. Maybe it can even feel overwhelming. God wants me to do what? How can I do that? God called me to be a preacher and a pastor, and it's not something that is natural to me. At least it wasn't natural to me 21 years ago when God called me. I'm a shy person. I I don't like to be in big crowds of people. That makes me anxious and nervous. I don't even like going to Walmart when it's, uh, you know, it's really busy. Uh, You know, something about being there in that aisle and, and, you know, trying to weave your way around people or worried that you might be blocking someone else from getting their can of cream of mushroom soup. You know, it just don't like, I mean, I do it, obviously I do it, but, but, uh, you know, it's not my favorite thing to do. So the idea of being in a church and standing up in front of people and speaking um, is something that, that in the beginning, if you had told me that when I was 16, I'd say, you're crazy. 
I don't even like to talk to a, a small group of people. I couldn't even talk to girls, you know? So how was I going to get up in front of a church and talk to people? That was not my gift, at least is so what I thought. But God called me to do it. And so um, I got up and I started doing it. I answered God's call. It was an opportunity. I was afraid to do it. But when I finally got up the courage to say, yes, I will do this because God wants to do it. Then I found that my wife was also afraid to do it. <laughs> she said, I'm not a preacher's wife. That's not how God built me. I'm not that outgoing, bubbly personality that will be out there doing like we had seen many of our preachers uh, have wives that would do that sort of thing. But God made my wife the way she is on purpose, just like he made me the way I am on purpose. And he called us into this. Maybe there's other people that could have done it better, but he didn't call them. Or if he did call them, they said no. And he, so he called us and we said yes. And so this is what we do. And God has been faithful. We've ministered now for 21 fruitful years in four different churches. And somehow God uses us and has used us and hopefully will continue to use us. God promised to give the Israelites the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But in order to realize the promise, they had to trust God despite their fears. Last week, we learned how their lack of faith, because of the, there were giants in the promised land and the cities were fortified and the people were strong, they were afraid and their lack of faith led them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't receive the promises that God wanted to give them because they didn't trust God enough to step out in faith and overcome their fears. And so it wasn't until finally when a new, more faithful generation arose, God led the Israelites to finally enter into the promised land. But they still needed faith and courage. The Lord appointed Joshua as the new leader of his people. And God said in Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and exceed in all you do. Succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have you ever wondered why God didn't give, just give the Israelites, the promised land? Why didn't he blow up some hurricane from the Mediterranean Sea that just wiped the, the Canaanites out of the land and they could just go in and take possession? Why did they have to go in and lay siege to Jericho? Why did they have to go in and fight battles with those giants and those uh, scary people in Canaan? I mean, if God is all powerful, why didn't you just give them the land? Why did they even need to be strong? 
and courageous and fight to win the promised land. The Israelites had to be strong and courageous and they had to do this. They had to have a part because they had to test their faith in God by facing their fear and overcoming trials and hardships through the conquest of the promised land. Yes, God could have just given them the land. He had the right and the power to do it, but it would have robbed the Israelites of a critical opportunity. Looking back at James chapter one, verse two through four, it would have robbed the Israelites of the opportunity for great joy as they saw their God fighting for them, doing amazing, miraculous things to win against the Canaanites. And it would have robbed them of the opportunity to grow their endurance, to be perfect and complete and needing nothing. When you face your own fears, it is an opportunity for great joy. And when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When we face our fears, we grow stronger. We learn more about ourselves. We draw closer to God. We learn to depend upon God. And we find that God is bigger than our fears. In Christ, we see that even death itself cannot defeat God. Therefore, death cannot defeat us because we belong to God in Christ. What is your promised land? For the Israelites, the promised land was, uh, you know, these were a people who descended from slaves and nomadic wanderers who wandered in the desert. So for them, the promised land was a place to truly call home an abundant land where they could settle down and build homes and grow their own food and live at peace with their children as they worshiped God. That was their promised land. But what is your promised land? You need a reason to overcome your fear. There are a lot of different fears that can plague a person's life. Some are scared of snakes. Some are scared of spiders or of flying. It could be a lot of little things like that. And maybe you don't necessarily have to face your fears. If you're scared of spiders and you've got a husband or a wife that'll stomp on that spider for you, you don't have to worry about it. Why face the fear? Just call in the, the heavy troops to take care of it. But suppose you're afraid of flying and, uh, you know, God wants you to fly and see your son who lives so far away that it's not practical to drive there. Your fear is stopping you from doing something that you need to do and that God wants you to do and that you want to do, but you can't do it. But God can help you to overcome your fear. If your fear is stopping you from doing what God wants you to do, then your life is being interrupted and that's not okay. If your fear is standing up in front of people to preach and that's stopping you from saying yes to God, then you've got to face your fear. What is your fear stopping you from doing? If you can't live at peace with God 
and with each other because of some fear stands between you and your promised land, then you've got to trust God to help you conquer your fear. The biggest fear of all, something that I pray will keep you up at night until you finally make peace with it, is whether or not Jesus is truly the Lord of your life. The truth is that Jesus is Lord of all. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. But not everyone accepts Jesus as Lord. They may say Jesus is Lord with their lips, but they do not obey Jesus as Lord with their actions. Their allegiance is not to him above all else. Some reject Christ altogether, but others pay lip service claiming that Jesus is Lord. But they try to control what parts of their life they give to Jesus and what parts of their life they keep for themselves. But to all who believe in him and accept him, he gives the right to be called children of God. If Jesus is truly your Lord, then you have nothing to fear. Even when death comes, for it comes for us all, we still have nothing to fear because we have eternal life. But for those who reject Jesus as Lord, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you won't be able to excuse yourself saying, I never rejected the Lord. If you never intentionally gave your life to Jesus and chose to obey him as Lord, that you may hear him say to you, as he said in Matthew 7, 23, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Or you may hear, as it says in Matthew 25, 30, throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can face the biggest fear today. Choose today to serve Jesus as Lord. Choose to let him be your only Lord and Lord of your whole life. Don't try to hold back different parts from him. Let Jesus be Lord of all. Choose to obey him 100%. Go where he leads you. Do what he asks of you. Let his mission be your mission, even if it scares you. Trust him to see you through all the way to eternity. Love the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Because in love, there is no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. So let me pray with you now. And pray along with me. And let me help you settle this with the Lord today. Once and for all. Lord Jesus, we come to you today and we realize that that we have many fears in life. Some are inconsequential. But there may be some, Lord, that stand between us and the promises that you want us to take hold of 
Help us to overcome our fears. Help us to be strong and courageous. Help us to trust in you more than we are afraid. Lord, there may be some here today who've never made a commitment to follow you as Lord. I pray that today their fear of being apart from you would override their fear of trusting you. Help us all, Lord, to recognize that you are Lord of all and that you are Lord of every part of us. Forgive us, O Lord, for those times when we've withheld anything in our life. We've tried to maintain control. We've tried to be Lord of even just this little piece. Today, Father, we surrender that to you. So for those today who need to surrender their life for the first time, Lord, hear their prayers. And for those of us who, who need to surrender a little bit more, hear our prayers too. And Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the, the hope that we have in him. Thank you for saving us. We pray in his name. Amen.